you're not just what you're saying doesn't just uh resonate with just basketball that's life what yes. what you're talking about yes. and because my father would always tell me you know life is 90 percent mental 10 percent physical so everything that you're saying like i can equate it to any point in time in your life if you have the confidence in what you're doing and the confidence of what you've learned then it will show in any aspect um that that you do anything that you do in life but it also leads me to the, to this question um and also on a side note joe harris was another guy in the playoffs who completely disappeared who was a great shooter but he yep. completely disappeared but that kind of to the ben simmons point why do you think uh it's, is that why it's so difficult for bigger people to have their shot, have those, you know, nights of good shooting or just be good shooters uh, because of how they've been taught and what they have learned? Because you don't see so many players that are seven feet, six, 11 being asked to change their shot. Like I think of a Bill Cartwright or yeah, I think of a Joe Kim Noah or a yeah. guy like that who aren't asked to change their shot like Alonzo Ball was because he's a guard. He's going to have the ball. And he has to change it you know, and things like that. Do you think that kind of plays into the psyche also because they're being taught the same way um, that these other players are taught to shoot, but it's not as big of a deal for somebody that size? It, it, it certainly does play into the psyche. It does. And, and probably more than we'd like to think it does. Uh, okay, so you need to go into it with that, that preconception that I'm not just up against moving things around physically. Mm -hmm. I got to try to deal with the psyche. And, and with, with my teaching, that's a, I don't ignore that. I don't fall asleep at the wheel uh, over that element. I, I want to address it. I, wanna, I want to make, I want them to set the, that was the past. You're not, you're not going to be given anything that you've been exposed to. This is a fresh slate. You're going to be, I'm going to have you do things that you, you're going to look at and think, why am I doing, what, how does this play into this? Mm -hmm. But you've never been, so let's, if it doesn't work, we're going to find that out real quickly. And if it doesn't work, guess who's not going to want you to use it? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'm not going to want to force this on you or have you do something. The good news is a lot of what I'm doing, and I hate to say it this way because I, it sounds like I'm diminishing my own ability and, and I'm okay with that. My humility level is okay with that. And I'll follow up with a, another statement. What I'm incorporating, I have in fact recognized are more natural movements that the body is designed to perform. Mm. Not the movements that as basketball people, we think we've got to make Big Dave adopt because it's all we know. And because those great shooters did it, you've got to do it. Right. We're saying to Big Dave or Chris, guys, here, do this for me. And when you do that, you do it naturally. I don't have, there's no struggle here. All I want you to do is this. What, do you know where you just did? Do you know where you just did it? What made you do it? Hmm. Why were you able to do it like that? Hmm. Because it's natural. Well, wait, what if we could take that movement that took no training, that, that and there are other elements, and, and pardon me for being a little um, guarded, but I'm, I'm 
trying to make a, this is my living, you know, my, this is the way I'm, I'm trying to make a living. Um, and nobody, and I'm not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. I think we've established that. <laughs> right? uh, <laughs> Why hasn't these big names discovered some of these things? And it gets back to that, you know what, they're very comfortable. And we all talk about, you know, if you want to grow, you got to get out of your comfort zone, even in sports. You know, you're not going to be comfortable doing this, but you got to do it if you want to become a better player at this level, and blah, 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 blah. So you got to get out of that. Not everything in life is going to be comfortable, right? Life lessons, stuff. So it, it won't, it may not be comfortable in the beginning. Or wait a second, I'm suggesting it is comfortable in the beginning. Why? Because it's more natural. Mm. You didn't have to train to do this. You automatically did something that I'm going to have you incorporate into your shooting regimen. Mm. Well, that means your repeatability. While you're away from me training, I feel better knowing you're probably practicing it more correctly. Because if you're not being supervised, and this is where the repetition thing comes in, and you're out there shooting four or 500 shots a day like Galo did, only to find out that your level of concentration can only carry you through about the first 30 and the other 400, what, how much damage are you really doing? Mm. I would argue quite a great deal. And now I would argue why it takes a, a player or a coach, shooting coach, so long to experience incremental improvement. Mm. Because they're based, a lot of it is based on repetition, 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 that A, you can't expect anybody to stay focused that long on. So how much of that is really needed? Mm -hmm. a, far, a far few less of it. Mm -hmm. a far few less of it so they can concentrate and gain more from the, the learning experience. Now, the humility part comes into this. If, if a Chip England, if a, a, a Bob Tate or a, a, any of these other guys who've been doing this as their vocation mm -hmm. knew what I know, I would expect them to be probably better at teaching it to me mm. because that's their vocation. I didn't intend, I didn't start this journey thinking, hey, you know, someday I'm going to become a shooting coach. Someday I'm going to work with players doing that. Someday, and if that were the case, why wouldn't I teach them something I had already mastered? Mm. That's an easy route to take. That's an so easy check. Yeah, I was fortunate, check. right? I was fortunate or blessed enough to have, look, I've got an ego. I was third in the country. I was an mm. NBA prospect. I've got an okay. ego. Talk My ego is a little bit more in check, I think, than maybe, well, not maybe. I know other people who, I, one of my, I won't mention a teammate of mine that had a, a bigger ego that was much less in check that really severely hurt him. Mm. Um, so I've seen that. And that's, you know, when I've tried to have discussions with other shooting coaches, you know what the response has been? lukewarm to non-existent hmm. wait a sec that's disappointing you're, all you're not even interested in it you're not Thanks. you're not yeah. not even interested in having a conversation hmm. i've got 15 years of research experience uh discovery epiphanies <laughs> science <laughs> right. but but you're okay i'm good where i'm at man i don't need any help and that was, you know, I hate to say it that way. That was disappointing. I thought, you know, I, I was, 
that was the kid in me. I'm still a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hope I remain that way until I'm buried. I'm, right. I'm, I'm still excited. Wait, yeah. Dave said, Big Dave says, man, I saw you shooting. I couldn't help but notice there's something you're doing that just ain't right. I'm saying, hey, Dave, well, tell me, what, what was it? What do you think it is? Why'd you say that? I'm well, not saying, hey, Big Dave. Even though I'm little Raj, man, I, I'm one of the best shooters in the world. You know, <laughs> you can't help me. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not, well, that's not me. That well, is not me. Maybe that's Raj. Uh, so 15 years been doing this. I have two questions for you. So 15 years. Uh, over the years, I'm pretty sure things have changed. You gained knowledge. So what have you oh learned? What have you incorporated? You know, you mentioned before other shooting cultures, you know, are willing to budge and change. Uh, what have what, have, what has changed um, in 15 years for you in your program and, and just learning and teaching? What have you what have you incorporated um, any any other ideas and philosophies for other cultures into what you know? Uh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book to get awesome. at least the the notion that there might be an alternative to the way we've come to accept the way shooting ought to be done. There might be an alternative way to do it that is categorically superior to the way we've accepted and the way we are continuing to train it. And if that way is almost entirely supported by kinesiology, biomechanics, uh, math and geometry, math and geometry, we don't even take advantage of that. Mm. Math and geometry, that's interesting. You can become a better shooter with just that element, math. And geometry, but that doesn't take, how do you have to train? How much training does that take to incorporate? Not a whole lot. I mean, that's just taking not, you know, knowledge is powerful and using it. The knowledge you've gained, but using it, you become better. So I'm, I'm trying to get it out there and I'm trying to get it to coaches. I'm trying to get it. Uh, one of the, one of the things I, I've, experienced as a corporate person was a company that I'd worked with previously had a train the trainer program. Mm -hmm. Well, a few years back, I met with one of the highest level college basketball players in the history of the game, who said to me, as we sat next to each other in Philadelphia, coincidentally, Roger, rather than, and I'm, I'm trying to convince him to let me prove that I can take one of his players and achieve some pretty remarkable things in some pretty short time. Mm -hmm. And he said to me after 20 minutes, would you be able to train my coaching staff to do what you do? Mm. And my point is that train the trainer program began me modeling business, making a business model of that kind of a concept. How else can I get this out there? Well, my book isn't going to become a bestseller on the New York Times. <laughs> it's not going to be a how-to book. It's just going to be something like this conversation being put into print, saying, mm-hmm. you know, there might be an easier way. There might be a better way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, These are the things you ought to consider. These are variables. How many do you want? More? You want fewer. Mm-hmm. Well, if you take go the fewer route, you're probably going to become better faster. The less variables, the more fast the improvement. So I'm open to that, of course. And by the way, I can spread it faster. Me selling one pretzel 
at a time on the corner. In essence, me training one player at a time, whether it's a youth player, female, male, AAU, high school, college. That's a pretty slow way of getting it out there. Uh, again, that's why I'm so grateful to guys like you that will have me on and, and, and give me a forum, a, a platform from which to speak and, and expose somebody more than I would normally be able to expose to, to the, the thought that there might be a better way. And this might be the guy who, for whatever reasons, I've been blessed in being the guy that is open to it and is saying, man, this works. I tried to litmus test this stuff. That boxing glove thing, that was part of a litmus test. Wait, I'm shooting better with the, with that? What happened to tactile sensation we all talked about in the shooting manuals of basketball? You know, mm-hmm. you've got to have fingertips. You've got to have the ball in a certain area on your hand. You've got to release it off because of the tactile sensation, the level of control that they, they would highlight that you gain. But boy, that's pretty – some of that's pretty whacked. <laughs> I mean, some <laughs> of that is really way out there when you compare it to – the way the hand is designed. Why aren't we taking advantage of the way the hand is naturally designed and using that to buttress our shooting performance? Mm. You know, I, I shot the wrong way. I literally found out all these years later, in essence, I shot the wrong way. How much what's better the, could I have been? What's the wrong way? What's the wrong way? Uh, Give me one. I released off of the wrong part of my hand. Well, did, do you think I created a different release than everybody else? Because I thought I was going to be that good. I'm, I'm that special. No, I bought into one of the two universal releases that are taught in basketball. Only to find out through this journey, Chris and, and Big Dave, it was the it's, it's impossible. You can't make that work to its optimum. You can't. Not because Roger Galo is suggesting that. Because science dictates that. You can't even, and people would talk about my great rotate, my great rotation because they saw the ball spin. You know what I've learned? I had good rotation. I had rotation. <laughs> I've got perfect rotation now. Am I bragging? No, I'm saying, no, that's what I'm teaching. I can tell you where great, perfect, optimal rotation can be incorporated into your shot in minutes, minutes. Good, good point. I want to know, like, how long does it take, you know, over, over the years, training and teaching to get, say, the NBA player, um, get the shot to the optimum? Great question. The hardest one to answer. Why? Because it's mental. Yep. What's yeah, going yeah. on between them? That ear and this ear. What's happening? Wow. <laughs> And until I work with you, until I begin to work with you, uh, I can't even, I, uh, I'm guessing. Hmm. Uh, I could say this in, based on experience. Mm-hmm. I've had what many in basketball, in the basketball community, not baseball, not golf, in the basketball community who would say, forget about it. He's, it's too late. He's too, in, he's too entrenched in the habits he's practiced for the last 12 or 14 years. And I'm talking about a guy that I trained in the Ivy League, came to me his senior year, was going to be the captain of the team, a starter, of course, and a very important player, contributor to that pro- program, Ivy League player, right, young man. 
I'm, I'm, I, I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to say this because I know the reaction is going to be, that's impossible. It's impossible. Oh, by the way, worked with a much, a, a very famous shooting coach mm-hmm. for whatever reason, didn't have the effect that they would like for whatever reason. I'll leave it to that. Uh, I won't leave it at that. I, I, sorry. I'll say this. He's teaching him what I've abandoned. That's all he knows. And that's what he's been teaching for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I was with him for six to seven hours. He went from 60 something percent, low 60s, to 80 something from the foul line. Uh, not being, and, and this is this is where the train the train the coaches is really exciting to me. He's leaving me. Man, he's never shot better in his life. He's done. I don't need any more help. Wait a second. I've spent seven hours with you. (laughs) You've spent 14 years, 10 years of all that other practice and repetition. How much do you think we could have put up in the way of reps in seven hours? He's going to leave me, go to an environment that knows nothing about what we're, we've done. Mm. It's not going to be owned permanently. That's my fear. Oh, good news is he's in my backyard, right? <laughs> right. No, he was done. Wow. Now, he wow. went on to become, I believe, the second, and he wasn't a three-point shooter, became the second, I think it's the second highest three-point shooter in the Ivy League that year. Hmm. Remember what I said about the connection between the three ball and the free ball? Mm-hmm. We didn't work on his jump shot. We didn't have time. Wow. How did that happen? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. <laughs> Just fate, I guess. <laughs> but, but conventional wisdom has been, no. Wait, guys, uh, uh, look, I got this player. I just had this conversation last night. NBA, you know, it's getting close to where we're getting ready. We're, you know, yeah. uh, get preseason and all that. Yeah, preseason. It's too, it's not, you know, this is a bad time. But wait a second. How many shots does this guy, are you expecting this guy to take? How many jump shots are you expecting this guy to take within the context of a game? Oh, good question. Hmm. Well, provided he gets in, <laughs> wait, provided he gets in, and you're saying this might not be a good time. Well, I would argue if what it, a year from now, he could have been a phenomenal, based on what my experience is, and I'm bra- now I'm bragging, and I don't mean it to sound, but Tell I've never truth. worked with anybody that long, and working mm-hmm. three or four times a week with somebody, uh, are you kidding me? What mm-hmm. could be achieved in that time where you deemed – it probably isn't because the season started. But wait a second. This guy is a perfect candidate. This is a perfect time. But but that goes against conventional. No, you know, yes, mm-hmm. not a good time. We're about to go in. The, he's not. He's not even really on the – put him on the injured reserve list, uh, which is another. Oh, my God. So-and-so sitting out. They're going to be out six weeks. So-and-so is one of the worst shooters on my team. What part? What kind of an injury has he got, Big Dave, Chris? 
Um, he injured his foot, his ankle. Hmm. Well, we shoot with our arms and hands. You know what? Some of my best training takes place not even with a ball on a court. What, what is that all about? Well, I can incorporate movements sitting in a chair. I can review video, video analysis with somebody who's injured. In three weeks or four weeks when he's deemed ready to come out and stand up and put weight on it, he's going to be ahead of the curve. He will have gained all the – and by the way, Roger Galo would argue that is an ideal time. You know why? Because the other half of his body can't uncooperate. Mm. What do you mean by that? Mm. Well, I mean, this guy's freakishly athletic. Mm. And what he's been conditioned to do over his basketball life is ESPN highlight stuff, dunk mm. posterizing people. If he wants to become a shooter, he's got to learn. Just like some people like a John Wall's got to learn. If you could change gears, you might become a better basketball player instead of playing at one speed. Right. And well, yeah, maybe, maybe I should be able to have a first speed, a second speed, a third speed. And if I do, how can I make that help me? Well, I'm suggesting that depending on what the issues of are within that player, even during an injury, you might be able to show some, some extreme progress. Mm. Well, that's that's unconventional. I know it is. But <laughs> what harm is there in seeing if it could be done? <laughs> he, I can't make him worse. <laughs> I mean, can we agree on that? He's that bad that I can't. So I'm going to shut up there. But that's that's some of the where the frustration comes, as you can tell, because that's literally what I'm throwing. Oftentimes, the bad time, you know, he, he, well, we, you know, it's just not a good time. Just not a good time. I hear you. So. So let me, let me move, <laughs> let me move on. Cause man, I honestly, I could talk to you all day. Um, but before we go, I do, I have to ask you uh, okay. about, about the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Um, Cause we're our Bulls podcast here. I got to ask you about this. Yeah. Bulls. You got to ask me about um, them. I, I got the roster here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We made, you know, a lot of significant changes. Um, a lot of big changes uh, with Lonzo Ball here with DeMar yeah. Rosen, uh, Vucevic and Zach coming back and playing together. Uh, Patrick Williams, who I'm sure you probably saw in the summer league um, yep. playing. Uh, where Where is your level? I shouldn't say of excitement, but where would you gauge the Chicago Bulls as far as being a problem in the Eastern Conference this year? I actually, and maybe this is the optimist in me, but based on what it's been like, I'm real optimistic. I mean, I think we can agree. There was some stuff going on there that just wasn't good for mm -hmm. the personalities of the players, you know, their, their attitudes, their, uh, the community at large, uh, the organization, it wasn't a good reflection. Fair right. enough. Um, they are so close. I, I mean, looking at some of the stats that I, I that caught my interest, they're they're 2% removed from being in the middle of the pack, maybe, to being near the top. 
two percent mm. removed from the three-point shooting percentage area. Now you would expect me to talk about something like that, right? But wait a second, two percent. <laughs> they do. And what's interesting is this: um, <laughs> in in on the home court, they shot thirty-seven point three percent from the three. Mm. You know what they shot on the road? Thirty-six point six. A little more than a half a percent better at home. Yeah. Wait, what about this home court advantage we all grew up on? <laughs> Wait, a half of 1% better. Now, okay. So remember I said some sometimes a 2 or 3% increment in, incremental increase could affect somebody's performance. Well, what about collectively as a team? Same right. thing, same principles apply here. They literally shot 79.3% from the foul line, the charity stripe at home. You know how much worse they shot on the road? 78.7. A half a percent difference. If they were to get to 39% from the three ball, they would be the second or, num or number third team in the, in the NBA. Third ranked in the yeah, NBA. They got new players now. They got so the now you got players who yeah. should be able to impact that. Maybe, and this is the maybe part for me, maybe with their existing stuff, their existing way of shooting. Now, I would argue, obviously, that you know what really concerns me, I mean, terribly, is what role does somebody like Archie play in this? The guy is shooting 65. Wait, let me, I don't want to do a disservice. Oh, no, you don't have to worry about Archie no more. He's he's not. Oh, yeah, that's the, right. I'm sorry. Got Kobe White. What about, got Kobe White? Kobe, yes, for sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kobe White. Coming off an injury. 90% from the three. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, from the free ball, from the foul line, right? Mm -hmm. 90. Mm -hmm. But he's shooting the average, the average for an NBA ball player from the three. He's not average from the foul line. So he's got some mechanical stuff going on that serves him pretty well. But some mechanical stuff that just makes him an average shooter. And I am I would argue that this guy is so close to becoming a 40-something-plus 40, 40 percent shooter with very little effort, probably, based on stats alone. Now, the you know, circumstances, of course, play into this. What role is he playing? You know, we talked about Zach, the way Zach gets most of his shots, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he Off of the dribble, he does a lot of that. He, he does a yeah. lot of off the dribble, off the I saw, know, yeah. uh, move, mm -hmm. stuff shooting. But he's an athlete. Yes. Now, that speaks to my point earlier. What if Zach, even though Zach is above average from a three ball, right? I think he's 40, 40-ish. He's about 40, like right at 40. Yeah, yeah right at 40. Mm -hmm. uh, his his lower body has a big role in why he's only a 40%. Wait, only a 40%? Yeah, my bar is a lot higher. But his <laughs> athleticism might not be as managed in that part of the game because he's not even aware of it. Mm -hmm. He's not even aware of the role is playing currently. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. I mean, hit my attitude has got to be if I'm Zach Levine. Hey, there's nothing wrong with my shot. 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what if somebody said to him, Zach, you got an issue. That might be worth five or seven percent. Whoa, wait, wait, five or seven percent. I just go from 40 to Steve Kerr was only 45.3 or 5 or 5.4 as the all-time leading three-point shooter in the history of the game. True. And and Zach is what? A little bit taller? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) A little bit more athletic. A little bit more athletic. A little bit more athletic? (laughs) A little bit. bit. Who's more confident getting a shot off? Zach? Or Steve Kerr. I'm picking on Steve. But I, I bet you Zach's got a little more confidence already. Yeah, I, so. I, I, love, I love what you're saying because like, you, 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 what you're saying basically basically is don't aim low, aim high. Like, that, if, 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 if you're if you're six 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 five twenty eight oh vertical, God. and Steve Kerr, now Steve Kerr not shooting as many threes as Zach, but yeah. still to your point, if he's forty five percent, what what strive for that right? Reach for mm-hmm. no gun, reach for. Chris, you're 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 a genius. No disrespect, Big Dave. I think you're up there. Oh, none taken. But, none taken. But <laughs> I get it from Dave. <laughs> that's the demo. That's my demo. Uh, here's a guy who's an NBA player who is going to laugh as I'm saying, try to block my shot. Now, <laughs> why am I doing that? For my ego? No, I'm trying to suggest to you at your height with your wingspan, and I'm making it this easy against you. What are you, what's the upside for you to be able to take advantage of this? You know what, I always tell Dave, Kevin Durant, I tell Dave, I tell Dave all the time, and Dave agree, agrees with me with this. Kevin Durant should average 35, 38 points. Oh, my God. He, he's a phenom. Yeah. He, should, he should average 40. He should average 40. Yeah, 40. If I see, if I, if I see greats who are shorter than him, Get you know score thirty some points a game. He should easily because he even even the shots he missed weren't really contested. He's making yeah. the shots more difficult than what they are. And yeah. like he should average like thirty eight. I think he should average forty. Forty. He should really he should. average forty. I could not agree with you more. And I'll go a step further, respectfully, because I'm a big I'm a, this is I'm a big proponent of this. The guy in my backyard by the name of Embiid. Mm-hmm. I I think I said this on a podcast. Embiid. Uh, if I worked with Embiid, my goal would to be to make him the highest three-point shooting guy in the league. That's- Why? Because he's seven feet tall. Yeah. He's releasing from the height of the rim almost already <laughs> without leaving the floor. Right. Uh, how contested a shot. How many guys that are playing him are going to be all 28 feet out there bodying him up on a three-point shot attempt. Now, Roger, I got to tell you, Roger. I got to tell you, Roger. And B, and B brings the ball down all the time. He brings it down by the hip. He, he, he wouldn't. Loves it. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't know anything differently. But wait a second. I'm, now I'm going to be harsh. Why isn't that being dealt with? Well, because he's because of the success that he's already currently having, I don't think people. Will what want if to he had a little? What if he had a little guy like me? And not you guys are looking at me, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, Embiid, <laughs> I want you to block my jump shot. I'm going to low post you on the second block down there." Wow. And I'm going to put. What would you? Uh, and 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 I'm saying that because there are. I'll 
I, I honestly believe this about Embiid. He's a cerebral ball. Kyle Corbett, cerebral. Yeah. Embiid, let me show you how you can get a shot off so much easier, so much faster, and by in the process, so much more accurately. Mm. Interested? I'll bet you. I love games, right? I'll bet you. I wish I had. I'll bet you 50 grand. Well, 50 grand. If I can't do that, we'll donate that money to your favorite charity, blah, blah, or something like that. And I'll put, I'd like to put a little bit of the winnings in my pocket if I did. But that, because of his height, he's taking the second least contested shot in the game. And, and this is going to, this is going to stir up the audience and, and you guys are probably your, whatever respect you might have for me will probably <laughs> drop like a weight to the floor. <laughs> when you call Chris a genius, my, my, all of my respect went away. When you it's, it's weird how that happens. Weird how that goes. Weird how that goes. This speaks to a couple points raised earlier that you, you raised. Um, if I, only if I could come in as a designated shooter at the NBA level, I would launch a lot of shots at my, at my age, at my age, in my condition. Well, better conditioning, you know, being able to run up and down the course. Court. Oh, yeah. That's it. If you could set the screens for me, and sometimes you wouldn't need to, you wouldn't need to, but I would, I would, I, I would. I'm going to go out. I'm going to become a Mr. Ball, the father ball. This is, this is way out there. Okay. If I shot less than 55%, I would be embarrassed. Less than 55. I want to say 60. Now I'm going to buttress that. I'm going to pose a question to you guys and you won't know. I'm sure you won't know the answer. And I don't mean that disrespectful. The first year that the NBA, I'm sorry, the NCAA men's division one level basketball introduced the three-point shot, 1986 to 87 season. In 1988 to 89 season, a young man from the East led, was the leader, number one three-point shooting percentage player in the game. Do you know what he shot first year? After the introduction of it, you know, the second year, how much time did he have to pra practice that real long ball that because of the distance, you know, becomes a harder shot. It makes right. it more difficult. It, right. Mm -hmm. All that argument. His, the second year, you know what he shot? 63%. I'm going to say that's pretty good. <laughs> now, <laughs> did he shoot? Did he take a lot of shots like a Zach Levine? Probably not. Probably not. Did right. he get a lot of screens and wide open like a Kyle Corver right. curling off him? Yeah. Probably. Wait, wait. How could this guy shoot at that clip? Well, wait a second. How many shots did he take? That right. That's well. He took enough to qualify for that record. Otherwise, they wouldn't. If you don't shoot a certain number, you you don't get in the books, right? So whatever number, 150, 200, whatever the number was, he achieved and he shot 63 percent. Mm. And we get excited by a guy at the NBA level shooting 30, 35, 38, mm -hmm. 39, 41, 42, mm -hmm. 43. And they've had how many years knowing that three ball is going to be around for a long time? 
and I better start practicing it and have been for years and years and years and years. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because yeah, it's all about like even even uh, what's the run, uh, what's the record for like what's the the rec, uh, the, the running uh, was a, a quarter mile the quarter mile record. Oh yeah, you got to and beat, but, but then you challenged it and then you beat it. You know, and yep. then it's like oh, we can. Uh, run that fast, and that's the same thing. We, like we mentioned before, like now people shoot for half court now. Oh, we can't shoot for the logo. Yeah. Now, it's, since you set that the bar, down, set the bar higher. I can't shoot fifty percent from the three, three point line. Right. It can be done. You just have to accept the fact you can do it, and, and you know, put it, you know, challenge, challenge yourself. Great analogy. Mm-hmm. Dick Fosbury back in the seventies introduced a bizarre, hokey-looking high jump. Called the Fosbury flop, they laughed at him. Mm. Guess what? What style of jump they use today? Mm. The Fosbury flop. Mm. Nobody's laughing. He broke records, but man, was it comical, <laughs> laughable, right? He he broke that barrier. All right, so I'm excited about the, getting back to the Bulls question because this is important. Sure. Uh, they are that close to going from the middle of the pack. And look, I, I know that's a stretch, but we're talking about the coming season, not last yeah, year. absolutely. No, that, no, no. That, that in the thick of things, going bumping up almost quantumly mm. rather than incrementally. Now, there are a lot of other variables, of course, but of course. if the, they're in the, the, obviously moving in the right direction, that's critically important. Every All the signs are showing that. You know, the, the, the movements, the, mm-hmm. the decisions, the player, everything is showing that. Now, I, I get excited because there's not a great deal of separation. Mm. And that's what my point is about, about these marginal, marginal differences. Mm-hmm. The number one team in shooting from the three ball, the most coveted shot of all right now in the history of the game is at 41%. They're at 37 right now, a uh, 37 and some change. Wait, that's that's three and a half percent. How 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 much work could that com- command? Well, conventionally you think, well, quite a bit. You know, I've seen I've seen a, a professional shooting coach work with Blake Griffin on his jump shot. It took three years. <laughs> yeah, because he used all conventional. With, with all right. due respect, he used only what he knew. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the fact. Yeah, it's small, small incremental changes can mean a lot. And, <laughs> and I, it's it's kind of interesting. This this is you, in general, just this this look at basketball from the three point shooting perspective. Oh, because there's so much to the game. But I, I I like the fact that you hone in on one aspect, and you know that aspect can pretty much change everything. Oh, it's, it's incredible. incredible. Hey man, look, the Bulls got. Should get better shots. Kobe White should get better shots. I'm really upset that Kobe probably couldn't practice as much his shot, you know, because yeah. of the surgery and whatnot. That's that's really yeah. a down a downer. Um, probably for him most, of course, right? He's playing, but for me as a fan, I love well, to see that. Yeah, that that yeah. I interrupt you there a second because you just told me you could practice, right? When he's hurt. When I'm when I'm training guys, and uh, some some of the guys I'm training, they dominated. They dominated because they were so able to go around people and go to the basket and finish. Mm-hmm. Well, as you get higher and higher up in the level, that becomes harder and harder to do because those guys down there, they're professional now. They're bigger now. They're stronger now. They're longer now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now I can't finish. Well, what, what if you started incorporating another strategy that could give you, rather than option A being, I either shoot the three and make it, or I drive all the way to the basket and try to finish. Well, I mean, wait, there's 28 feet. And my point is this, Chris, and, and today my point is this. When I look at a lot of teams, their film and, and video or replays or whatever, mm -hmm. how many guys have not even taken the shot when they caught the ball being wide open? Uh, you the choir. Only to pass it up. I mean, to take a more challenged, difficult jump shot again. Uh, you, you're I, really I, mean, I mean, you are preaching to the choir. So right? I guess you that are. is one of those. <laughs> we are from the Hall of Michael Jordan mid-range game right here. Yes, so. this is where we grew up. This is <laughs> what we now, saw. Now to this, point, to this point, you know what I'd like to see taken advantage of? The, the longest part of the mid-range. The longer part of the mid-range. Why? Because as you get closer and closer, it gets harder and harder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. why not? Look, there's we got a guy shooting 28, 29, 30 feet out there now. So you got 10, 12 feet of a, a, a longer mid-range, but it still counts as two. Why can't you pull up an uncontested two? I don't know. Why can't you do that? They don't do it. And, and <laughs> at the same time, it keeps your floor balanced. <laughs> well, Kevin Durant does it. He scores a lot of points. Oh, it keeps yeah. it keeps the floor balanced. Like, take the does. shot. If it's open, yeah. you take the shot because it keeps the floor balanced. And it keep... all right, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. 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 And, and, and then you can attack more. <laughs> I feel, more I feel your pain. Uh, it's upsetting, man. Because yeah. your options are limited if you just attack from three and end. If you have a mid range game, yeah, attack, it's easier to guard. The more, right. the more options for you, you know, to attack the defense. The defense is more. Is more cautious now how to guard you because you are right. one of two points. You're space. playing right into the hands. We've seen right. it for years. It could be done. for years. What you're talking about is the interchangeability of of the value of being able to do it all. Mm -hmm. If I if I have that kind of a mid range, it makes me harder to guard. Let me see what happened here. Oh, do we leave, do we lose Dave? <laughs> I'm back. It looks like I'm back. I, something happened with Big Dave, I think. Well, I see you. Let me see. The, um, text me real quick. But Chris, you've got that. Now you've got a. You've got all three dimensions. You yeah, you know. Game, you got the mid range. You got the long game. I don't. I don't. And what? Well, also something I. I I love people. I'm sports. See, people in Chicago are sports because we've seen the greatest ever do it oh, yeah. 99 out every day. We didn't just watch the playoff. We've seen yep. MJ do it 99. But even you besides MJ, I appreciate a guy who wants to post up. I appreciate I a player who understands that I can make plays happen if I not just shooting three, shooting jump shots, posting up, drawing defenses. And you get a three-point shot the old way. When you attack the defense, you draw fouls, you get fouls on people. You tap the defense, other guys get open. It's 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 a the game opens up so much more. Yeah, yeah. it really does. I don't, I don't play in the NBA, but it's obvious to me. I've seen it done many, many times. Having a post game, like Zach Levine, like someone's talked to me about. I think another podcast about Zach Levine and how you could get better. And I'm like, I want to see a post game for him. He has no post game. He kind of half asked the post game because he's not yep. as confident when he turns left or right. He's just not as confident. But we have that vertical. That post game should be like easy. 
Oh, like, yeah. Because he, he, he can jump so high. He doesn't have the big hands like some two guards that could post up. I've and noticed that. Ball. Actually, from television, I've noticed that. Yeah, but so that's why Zach doesn't dump that much in games because he doesn't have big hands. But but his athleticism, but you notice when he passes up, he is so he's just not confident in and how to how to attack his defender. So to me, if you Demar Rosen can post up, maybe you can watch some Demar Rosen. You can understand how to get a post game but all day long that, and mid range for Zach to <laughs> yeah. have that level. I got to see Zach a six five six six point uh, guard get in the post because. You could you could be a facilitator in the post. We know how it is. We see. Oh it my god! We could do post up, Zach. Learn how to post up, man. I'm be, a big they, advocate. You there. I'm oh, a oh. big advocate of that. We're, we're I here, saw being a guard, being a guard, and being and, and, and this is a reality. If I'm a guard and acting like a guard and playing like a guard out there, 25 feet from the hoop, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if I'm coming down into the into the painted area and I play like a guard. I'm going to put myself in a, lo- a world of hurt. <laughs> yeah. So can I transition my body, my ability, my capability into going from as I'm driving, as I'm getting closer from a guard to a big, a low post type player? Can I turn my back? Can I, can I Earl Monroe? Here's a little, can I Earl oh. Monroe somebody down around Earl. that basket? And mm-hmm. if I can't finish, can I at least draw? A foul. Yes. Yes. And that is the Rose. Drawing a foul against a bigger man. Correct. And Correct. What, what? Where's? Is there no value in that? And, and down that, down that, the, the, Dave is correct. The Wanda Rose brings that capability. But what that does is, if if free, it let, the defense have to rotate more. Oh yeah. Now 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 rotating all of Vucevic. They have to rotate because the Ronda Rose is going to want to post up. He likes right. contested jump shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and even so and even even on that, Chris, everybody on the Bulls starting lineup, nobody's under six six. Everybody has that size and ability wow. to be in the post and the post up from Lonzo Ball all the way to Vooch. Everybody has yeah. that size that's and ability point. to do it. And and yeah. and I think that's what you're gonna see a lot of, but you're right, because Zach is somebody we just never really seen do it. But I don't I honestly think he didn't incorporate in his game because of the freakish athleticism that he has. He's like, Well, why even do it like this? You know, I, I can just jump over someone, I can shoot yeah. these mid-range that's shots, you know, I could do those things like yeah. that. But you're right, Chris. I agree with you. Like he he puts that in there. That's that's next level. That's oh my god, all yeah, NBA because, stuff. Because because the only way he gets assist now is just act like a point guard. Yeah, you you get more that you you get more opportunities. Get different type of assists if you get in the post and you're a threat. Now yeah. now oh okay. Then now the defense the has to surround everybody. everybody yep, right. Yep. Yep. Heard DeMar DeRozan on the podcast talk about that. He's like, some games I wouldn't try to get uh, 10 assists, but I end up getting 10 assists. You know why? <laughs> because he posted up and they double teamed him. He can right. have the teammate get better. So, it has yeah. shooters all around him. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. It, it's real. Basketball, as much as we've talked about the evolution of it, is still a, a pretty simple game. Yeah. It really is still, a, at, at its base, it's still a very simple game. And we just need to kind of evolve with it intellectually. And, and, and I mean that as players, as well as coaches, Zach mm-hmm. needs to, for the, for the benefit of not becoming like a Ben Simmons. And I know that's real harsh. I would not, but, but, but why put that on yourself? Why, mm-hmm. why limit yourself mm-hmm. when you have the power 
it's decision making. It's, it's acknowledging what's where are the holes in my game. Mm-hmm. This is the I think this is it. People have highlighted it. Others have mentioned it. My tea it comes up in the locker room. You know what? Just conversation, having a drink with a a, a teammate or somebody, something on the bus, on the train, on the plane, on the, wherever it might be. It, it well, when should I? Mm-hmm. If not now, when? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that. If not now, when? Mm-hmm. And why? Why postpone it if it's going to be? If you can gain that much more benefit from it that much longer, why wouldn't you? And that's kind of my philosophy with regards to this. That's all I'm asking for from anybody in basketball at any level. Why not entertain the idea that there just might be an easier way? By the way, speaking of Zach, there there are easier ways of incorporating that part into his game that I know of. Uh, Part of the discovery, part of this journey. Mm -hmm. Did I know it before? No. I know it now. Why wouldn't I want somebody to benefit from that? Mm-hmm. And, and instead of the conventional how to post up back to the basket way we're taught by other post up players generally, there might be some limit- inherent limitations to that. Mm-hmm. We talk about arc all the time in shooting. Look at how many big men don't use arc when they're mm-hmm. closer to the basket. So aren't yes. they going up against other big men? <laughs> you are correct. It's flat. Yeah. Well, why, why, why decrease the margin of error? That aim small, miss small. That you know, don't set your sights too low. I've seen big men work worked out by other very you know legendary big men, but they're not incorporating geometry. Hmm. The advantage geometry has, even for another big man going up another against another big man the geometry of the bank board oh don't even get right the <laughs> the most underutilized undertrained ill-trained and what else or untrained completely untrained yeah. shot in the game of basketball at every level yeah. what what makes me say that this journey I, I would I would give you, give you that I wanted you to give me the hook shot because like I don't know well, why the hell I would. I was big. I wish you hook shots all the time. But behind <laughs> Michael Jordan's fadeaway, it, the hook shot is the most unstoppable shot I'd ever seen in my entire life. Still, Guys, and it's not taught. It's crazy. It, it's not. It, and there's you're talking to an old head right here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That has had guys playing D1 level ball. Some some have been quite deemed the best defender on one of the top teams in the nation. Who I could say. Game-winning shot. I'm taking it down to the second block. Right side, half hook. Boom, game over. (laughs) At my height, at my size, at my debilitative state, that's how unstoppable it is. Wow. Why why isn't it being taught to use where and when Mm -hmm. as an effective weapon? It's already unstoppable. So what do you have to do? Just get better at it. <laughs> get better yeah, at it. Well, how do you practice? And how do you practice it? And you know that's been another revelation. How do you practice it? Well, now I know how to practice. Just per se, bank shooting. Mm. Wait, how to practice? Yeah, bank shooting. I'm I'm shooting bank shots now. I shot an occasional bank shot, like most ball players, in closer to the basket. Sure. But now I'm bank shooting from from the NBA three. NBA three bank shooting. 
Yeah, you want to talk about how distance is a disadvantage? Remember the math and the geometry I talked about a little bit? Mm -hmm. Chris, Big Dave, bulletin from the right angle, the wing, right side or left side. If I decide to bank shoot that three ball, it becomes, in essence, a shorter shot. Yeah, sure. No, mm. wait. A, okay, that's, that's the math. That's but math. What about mm. the forgivability factor? Well, there's a guy that might write a part of my book, I hope, who is a world-renowned aerospace engineer mm. who's a basketball fanatic who studied the efficacy of bank shots compared to its equivalent swishes from certain parts of the court. Wow. Oh, we had a great conversation because when we talk about <laughs> yeah, he, know, like he knows how I feel about bank shooting. Yeah, yeah. It, but he's got data. He created a, 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 a computer program mm -hmm. to study 2 million bank shots. Mm -hmm. The probability factor of making that shot over his equivalent straight-in shot could be as high as 25%. Wow. Wait a second. Man, that's motivation right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Anytime, anytime I hear, like, um, I hear this, hear, hear anybody talk about basketball, it's pretty much, pretty, much, pretty much what you were kind of alluded to is that they just try hard at something and you get better at it. I just yeah. think it's just Rodman. Like, like, oh, Rodman, yeah. Rodman. Like, how do you get those rebounds? He says, I, I, I try to get rebounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so when I see a guy six five, he's just very athletic, but six five, and he is single minded goal. Yep. I'm going to get rebounds. Mm -hmm. That means if you're a six nine, six ten, you should get some fucking rebounds. Yeah, like, single minded goal. Like Ben Wallace is another great example of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, as well. You know, a guy yeah. six nine. You know, just that single minded goal of this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get these rebounds. I'm going to block these shots. This, this is what's going to happen. I'm glad I'm glad you raised his name for this reason. One, he was one of the when I started this journey, I was excited to get to certain players, obviously. Well, mm. being insufferable from the foul line as he was, he was obviously <laughs> at the high the top of my list mm -hmm. because everybody just resigned themselves to accepting that Ben Wallace will never be able to shoot foul shots. They did. They did. And, they did and then I had a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. Now, long <laughs> short of it is. How do I get in front of Ben Wallace? Okay, so I didn't. But my point's this. There was a time, getting back to your question, Big Dave, uh, earlier. What about this big, the big man thing? You know, his hands are too big. He can't mm. shoot. He, you know, all these excuses. Yeah, we used to make that excuse. But more dangerously, we accepted them. Well, you know, he can't shoot because his hands are too big. That's why he can't shoot from the foul line. You tell MJ that. Yao Ming, <laughs> a Yao Ming comes along, who's right. got a hand that that could engulf your head and my head next to <laughs> maybe your head uh, with the size of his hand. And right. by the way, shot over eighty, well over eighty percent from the, you know. Uh, mm. oh, hey Roger, hey Roger, I had a nerf hoop. My hand was big on a nerf ball. I hit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my jump shot was wet. Like, don't, exactly. <laughs> don't let this all you, bro. I win it all the time. My yeah. jump was wet. I like yeah, I could shoot. I could shoot that thing. Uh, those were some of the conventionalisms that we bought into. Well, their yes. hands. Wait a second. You're telling me that having a big hand in the game of basketball is a disadvantage? <laughs> right, right, right. Whoa. Do you know how many more fakes, little, 
little Pete Maravich here would have had if he had a one-handed <laughs> grip where he could put the ball around your head, pull it back with one hand, and then go up for a shot fake, and then go around you too. Really? Oh, my God. No, I, I go with a big hand. <laughs> All right. All right, Rob, we got we to wrap this know, up, man. man. Uh, this we could be going fun. for another, another few hours, honestly. We could. Um, Wait, how, how long? <laughs> we could go another few hours. We could. We could go. Look, it didn't even feel like that, right? Yeah, yeah. We go another few hours, man. It's like, it's like five. It's like five podcasts, and uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I this this was everything I thought it would be. This is exactly what the reaction exactly. I knew Chris Chris you would guys, have to this. And, been, yeah, played a big role in making it that way for me. I can't. Yeah. I'm looking at the. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> uh, real real quick, Roger. Just just tell them where they can find you at, and and tell them uh, what you got going on. Instagram, Twitter, they can get me at, at Galo Method, uh, RogerGalo.com. Um, I'm gonna. I'm always trying to update that website. I'm limited. I apologize to everybody. I'm so limited. My biggest challenge is, what can I put on video on my website that doesn't reveal all of the secret ingredients to the secret sauce? Right. And that that's. I mean, that's really. It, you know, that's I'm. Am I too part. paranoid? Am I not too? I, but it's only me. I'm trying to protect it and monetize it and, and help others achieve their dreams. But you go write, you go write a book now. So you, you know, well, you the book, it. yeah. <laughs> and I'm expecting it not to be a bestseller, but I'm expecting it to be able to be able to send to somebody, maybe mm -hmm. a coach, maybe a Rick Carlisle, maybe a uh, you know Mark Cuban mm -hmm. or somebody who says, well, no, this sounds intriguing uh, because they won't meet. You know, it's hard to meet with those some of those people. Yeah. You know, but there are names that keep constantly coming up. And one of them is in my backyard. You know who you ought to talk to is Daryl Morey. Oh, my God. <laughs> you ought to, or, you know, Phil Jack, Phil Jack, you should have, or, you know, yeah, that's, that's nice. I appreciate you offering <laughs> that up, but <laughs> you get him for me. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Give me a call. Right. I'll be here. Oh, man. man, I man can't express amazing. enough gratitude to you guys. I really mean that. Roger, man, it's been a pleasure of ours. Um, Y'all check this show out when we drop it on our website, oh, com. You can listen to it anywhere on any platform that is out there with podcasts. We are on. Follow us on Twitter, me at Ball Sports, and follow Chris at Ball Sports One. Chris? Yeah, I know. Uh, also, check us out on YouTube because now we have all our videos. This will be on YouTube. Yes. This will be on YouTube. Yes. It'll be like a two hour, um, a, a, a four part mini series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so support us there. You know, like and subscribe. Uh, this was fun, man. This was fun. This was fun. Again, it, it, for, for me, uh, for all the audience out there, I'm telling you if, you, if you've not been a Bulls fan, and there's some reasons as to why you may not have been in the past. Now is the time to become a Bulls fan again. There's some exciting things that lie ahead. You, you, hear, that? you hear it from him, man. That's all I got. Big Rod. That's Roger Galo. <laughs> Go to his website, rogergalo.com. Follow him on all those social media platforms at Galo Method, G-A-L-O Method. Awesome, Roger. This has been beautiful. Thank you for coming on again. On behalf Thank of our guy, guy for our guy, Big Raj. That's my man, Chris. I'm Big Dave. We'll see y'all next time. Y'all be cool. We out. Peace. Bye.